0: I'm Father Travis Crowdy, and I'm Father Shane Demon, and we're very excited to be with you yet again. So excited that you've tuned in for another really riveting episode of Outcast Catholic, where we're trying to reach out to the outcast Catholic. That might be you, might be somebody you know, but we're trying to do it here at Outcast Catholic. Come to you from the Diocese of Sioux City, Father Shane. What have you been up to?
1: Well, you know, I have been really blessed. Got
0: got away for a few days.
1: Hey. Had some wonderful days of recreation with some good brother priests. And uh, it's always good to pray with them. Good to uh, be with other men who are just thriving in their vocations, right? That's right. These are holy men. These are men who uh, are doing well in their assignments. They know there's ups and downs, but they, they roll with the punches. Mm-hmm. And every time we get together, we just pick up where we left off. And it's, it's just nice to see them doing so well. And... One of my great friends, Father Nick Dudo of the Diocese of Camden, New Jersey, mm-hmm. was a chef at Harris Resort and Casino oh. in Atlantic City for fifteen years before oh. he went to the seminary. Oh man! So we're not exactly doing grilled cheese and, and <laughs> soup when we get together, uh, but no, it's nice in the yeah. midst of COVID. You know, it's it's difficult to travel right now, um, so just to kind of get away, we were up in a in a cabin in northern Minnesota just to mm. rest a little bit, have some mm-hmm. recreation time outdoors. And Father Nick did
0: a great job in the kitchen. Oh, I cannot complain. That's so good. I've been kind of surprised. I think your average Catholic out there, they're, they are surprised that like priests have other priest friends. Yeah, I think because, <laughs> I, I, I've been shocked. They've only been a priest for a little bit now, and I think it's maybe because they've had maybe an older pastor who's a little bit more of a I don't know, like kind of a lone ranger guy, or they. I guess you just don't see. Priest together a lot. If you only have one priest in your small town and sure. you don't get around a lot, sure. but <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah, we, we, we have friends and, uh, I'd <laughs> like to spend time with them. Yeah. Um, that is good.
1: Yeah. We study together. Um, but yeah, you, you want to keep being inspired by holy people and there's some wonderful men out there, even if you didn't go to seminary with them to, uh, to always be introduced to brother priests, to learn from them, to be inspired by their witness, how they handle their assignments, See how the Lord is working through them in different
0: instrumental ways in the church. It's always right. very edifying. Very refreshing, too. Yeah. Like always to, to pray with brothers. That's so, yeah. That's Absolutely. So it's great. What was, let's see, what was the most beautiful thing you saw or did while you were on vacation?
1: The most beautiful thing. Um, this well, is a
0: little segue, if you couldn't tell.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, you know, just watching the sunset over some oh, Minnesota lakes, right. you know, after dinner. Because we were pretty far north, so the sun's not setting until just after 9 o'clock. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, it was, it was just beautiful to witness that every day. Mm-hmm. And there was just deer everywhere. It's not really? hunting season, but there was just deer constantly. Um, so many deer that I think they're just kind of used to humans. They kind of oh, yeah. wander in and out as they wish. Um, yeah, there was just some really great moments being out
0: in the woods. That, um, that actually, I'll tell you a funny story. I was teaching totus us many years ago. And we were having this like man cave time with the little boys. And we were, I was trying to get them all like r- r- razzed up and excited. Razzed? I don't know if that's a word. I was getting Could them, all, <laughs> I guess it is. <laughs> getting them all revved up is what I think I was there trying to say. And we we were asking him, what, what are some really manly things? And of course, these like little fourth grade boys are being crazy and they're like, crashing, crashing a motorcycle. It's like, that's not good. That's you know, imprudent. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, like killing a shark. Wow, okay. Okay. So then this little kid, very, very small, he's like a kindergartner, he's just said, Riding a deer? And we were all kind of confused. Riding a deer? I mean, I guess that'd be cool and kind of manly. So I met his parents then a couple nights later at like the potluck and I told them what they said and they they started laughing. They said his dad was working on scaffolding outside their house and I told his little son. He saw a deer, and it was so close he could have jumped off and rode it, ride it. He rode could it. have rode it, yes, yes, ridden it, <laughs> whatever. You're blue, perfect. Yes, rode it, probably. <laughs> so I, I just thought that was hilarious. Like this, this kid's image is his dad, just like you know, riding this deer off into the sunset. So sure, that oh. is quite beautiful. Wow. Well, he must have a very strong image of his dad. You know, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. yeah. Well, I ask you the question because I've actually been thinking about this quite a bit. Um, I finished my last two months of seminary sitting in front of a laptop, and I know you have been on tons of different Zoom calls and things like that. Yeah. So much screen time. Right. I thought I spent too much time looking at a screen before, and everybody would talk about that, you know, trying to give your kids less screen time and things like that. I I just realized I spent so much time looking at my phone, Mm -hmm. looking at a a Zoom call, all these different things. Right. And I realized... um, I needed some kind of refreshment from that. And when I did experience the moments of seeing a beautiful uh, sunset or a sunrise or something like that, I realized, wow, okay. (laughs) I needed that a lot. And I think everybody needs that right now. Mm -hmm. Um, And beautiful things are the things that can refresh us. And staring at a screen all the time doesn't exactly offer that. Mm -hmm. And while I've been thinking about that, when I moved into my parish here, the countryside between Sioux City and Lamar's is is wonderful you just saw yeah. it as you drove up it's it's beautiful there's these rolling hills right on both sides of the, uh, the the highway and it's yeah it's just wonderful and i thought wow okay sometimes we can think that we don't have anything going on in the in the rural midwest mm-hmm. but we still have beauty all around us that can still give us that kind of refreshment oh yeah that we need
1: um, oh yeah i take an iowa sunset over you know just about anything Mm -hmm. Uh, because it's I mean it's it's just there all the time right you know and unless there's heavy cloud cover it's there every night and you can't get that in large urban areas you can't get that if you live particularly on the east side of a mountain range right Um, but it's there every night you know with the wide open horizon
0: when I came back from living in St. Louis for four years now and every time I'd come back my family lives up in South Dakota it was almost like a palpable experience of like a deep, just a deep relaxation and breath. Um, of oh wow, this is so beautiful! The the rich green of the tasseled corn right now, um, and the sun that kind of casts rays on all of that. Um, but I had the opportunity, I think, two years ago, to take a class all about beauty, just beauty. So Excellent. Dr. Feingold, he's yeah, he taught us a class. It's called the philosophy and theology of art of of just beauty, philosophy and theology of beauty. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was helpful because. I've grown up with people telling me all the time, beauty is in the eye of the beholder and that's beautiful. This is beautiful. Everything's beautiful. Right. But it was helpful to really dig into what is beautiful, what objectively is beauty. Mm -hmm. And then to understand why I should kind of consume beautiful things Mm -hmm. rather than ugly things. Um,
1: And I think there's a lot of people out there, Father Travis, that probably feel like an outcast because they're actually interested in authentic beauty. Mm. And that probably connects them to some more classical things in life. Yes. Um, in which so many of their contemporaries would not have that same appreciation. Right. And they just feel like, does everything have to be just kind of slipping through my fingers? Does it, right. does it always have to be this cheap and ephemeral experience mm you know, the latest pop song by this artist will come out, and then three years from now, like, whoever heard of that song again?
0: Or even, right? especially today, I mean, you, you probably spent a lot of your time on TikTok, I'd, I'd imagine.
1: Of course. Right? <laughs> that that
0: has, I did youth ministry this past year uh, at the parish in St. Louis, and I was just blown away at this sort of, like, reality that is TikTok. Right. I thought Snapchat was kind of ephemeral and, and, and crazy. Right. It, it TikTok's insane. It's right. like watch this fifteen second video and then immediately remake this fifteen second video and then just keep watching it. And the new iPhone update that happened this year mm-hmm. allows you to see how much time you spend on each app. Right. And some of these some of these high school students were telling me they were spending like like four hours on TikTok like a day mm-hmm. or something like that. So and that just ephemeral just like fleeting, kind of flying by. Mm-hmm. And so Yeah, there's no authentic beauty there. Mm
1: -hmm. I mean, show me where there is authentic beauty with four hours of TikTok videos flashing by your face, right? You know. Uh, Now, of course, you know someone who's that deep into TikTok is not going to have a real clean appreciation of what aesthetics would be or what the theology of beauty would be. Um, But that is a reality that even in their ignorance, they need to be awakened to, right? You know, And and the church can provide that.
0: If I learned anything in philosophy, which wasn't a lot. What I did learn in my philosoph- philosophical mm-hmm. studies in undergrad was like man's greatest capacity is to contemplate, mm-hmm. is to contemplate the true, the good, and the beautiful in reality. And ultimately that leads to contemplating God and to gazing on his face and what we're all called to in heaven, to the beatific vision, that deepest contemplation of the face of God. Right. But now as human beings, this is what sets us apart from all the animals and what gives us this kind of yearning toward heaven is this ability to kind of look, look is the best kind of uh, image to use to our eyes, but to gaze uh, in wonder on Mm -hmm. creation uh, and that, which is beautiful. So I don't mean to put you on the spot, but like what, what would you give for a a definition of, of beauty? If somebody asked you like, well, I mean, what's that mean? Like, this is beautiful. This is beautiful.
1: Uh, Well, what comes to mind? I should be more prepared for this because I've studied this myself. Um, I got some notes, so good. I'm glad you're going to carry this. <laughs> well, that which is beautiful is always going to lead us towards the good, right? right? I mean, the, the beauty the beauty that surrounds us is not going to lead lead us towards a, a lacking of goodness or something that right. is evil. Um, it is going to be that which is uh, proportional, harmonious, mm-hmm. and have an inner light that shines forth from it, kind of a lucidity.
0: That's pretty good. Did you just, just steal your notes? That was really, really <laughs> impressive. Did you read them upside down? I that did was not. Nice. That I was not good. copying. That was
1: really good uh,
0: recollection of that. that yeah, well,
1: I... kind of digging through the files
0: there, <laughs> all those years of oral exams being put that on the That was great. Spot. That was great. Well, no, just to tap into what you just said there. Yeah, so Thomas Aquinas, St. Thomas Aquinas, he defines beauty as that which has order, Due proportion or harmony and clarity. Mm-hmm. Okay, those are just philosophical terms. What do those mean? This is really important because people will often say, well, you know, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Or if you go to some kind of wacky contemporary um, uh, art museum right. or art gallery, rather, right. not a museum, you'll notice like, but that's that's supposed to be beautiful. That doesn't exactly look beautiful. You're just not deep enough. Exactly. You're just not getting it, Father Travis. Right. And why don't and you open your eyes? I've tried when I was in, when I was in college. <laughs> I, w- I got really into kind of modern poetry, uh-huh. so I tried to get into some of the modern art forms as well. Right. Um. So like Jackson Pollock and his kind of crazy looking like drip art and stuff like that with the paint that's just flung mm-hmm. all over the place, and I tried to kind of like jive with that for a while. Like, yeah, that's that's really that's really deep. Um. But this class opened it up that like, no order. Proportion, harmony, and clarity, that's what we're attracted to mm-hmm. in the world. And everybody's attracted to that. Beauty has an objective quality that we can experience like subjectively, individually, but things are either objectively more ordered, have due proportion and harmony, and sort of shine with like a splendor than other things do. Mm-hmm. Um, and the classics, the classics in art and architecture and music, those still resonate in our hearts when we experience those as beautiful. Mm -hmm. And what I've been struck by, especially in the church that I I get to minister in, that's a a new church but used all of the kind of gothic appointments of the old church, there's a certain beauty that uh, is so refreshing every time I walk into this church that is kind of lacking in some other churches that I've been in or ministered in before. Mm -hmm. And people here love that. And so... I say all this all about beauty because I've realized that while we don't have a lot kind of exciting ephemeral things going on um, where I grew up here in the Midwest, maybe in the town where you're listening from who's ever out there, we do have uh, beautiful churches, sometimes beautiful architecture in like a courthouse or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, access to beautiful paintings in actually a lot of free, art museums in the Midwest. Uh, there's a free art museum in Kansas City that has a Caravaggio. Mm-hmm. There's a free art museum in Omaha, free art museum in St. Louis. Um, I don't know if the one in the Twin Cities is free or not, but...
1: The Minneapolis Institute of Arts? Yeah. I don't think it is. So, but so it I've been be, impressed with
0: how many are actually free. And mm-hmm. you can go in and you can just be moved by these these beautiful paintings. And like you said, so beauty, We that would take too long to get into, it's a transcendental property of being along with truth and goodness sure (laughs) and uh but the the thing is it leads us to the good and it it leads us toward a kind of transformation whereas instead of like things like (laughs) those ephemeral things like tiktok or just staring at a screen or scrolling on facebook or instagram forever or just like snapchat after snapchat that just kind of turns us in on ourselves but when you contemplate something a beautiful sunset a beautiful painting a beautiful building a beautiful church or a yeah, beautiful moment, that actually draws you out of yourself, and it opens you up to reality outside of yourself, and ultimately, it opens you up to God, and that can be seen in a beautiful landscape, that can be seen in a beautiful piece of art, and a beautiful, yeah, sunset, like you mentioned.
1: It would seem that authentic beauty has to have kind of an arresting quality about it, right, right, I mean, yes, there are ways that you can kind of discover hidden layers of beauty when you sit with things, maybe mm-hmm. you contemplate a little deeper, or with familiarity, things become, you know, uh, more clarified. But the greatest beauty, you know, just kind of stops you in your tracks, right? Absolutely. There's this arresting quality that says, wow, you know, right? look at that, or the experience of it, or maybe you're at a symphony and it, you, all of a sudden you just kind of get like this goosebump moment. Yes. You know, there's, there's a,
0: it's like when it, when it hits, right. as the kids would say. <laughs> right.
1: Um, yeah. That arresting quality kind of speaks of this objective nature. That is, there is something outside of you. Right. That is drawing you towards a harmony and a completeness and a wholeness that uh, you perhaps didn't create, but nevertheless you can kind of take right. great delight in.
0: Right. And you know, I don't want I don't mean to get like all little house on the prairie and sort of uh oh I forget what that's called that movement of like Benedict option like moving back to farms and stuff. I mean sure. if you want to go for it. But I just know that like the, our kind of like ancestors of this area they clearly had a greater uh, they were great uh, they were more in touch with that reality of contemplation than we are. Mm-hmm. I mean we can have this kind of progressive idea that the more we have, the more technology, the more sort of in industrious we are, the better we are. But just considering like the beauty of this landscape and the people who've just worked the land for years, they had no screens, no Zoom calls, no anything to distract them. They were sinful human beings just like us, but they had more of a, they were open, probably more open to that reality of contemplation mm-hmm. of something outside of themselves and open to a deeper faith.
1: Well, and, and when life slows down a little bit, it's easier to to see that. Right. You know, that old phrase, stop and smell the roses, there's a lot of wisdom in that, that we're not racing through our daily activities and that the opportunity and the space is given to perceive beauty. Right. And to let oneself kind of be
0: immersed in that. Right. So my kind of practical takeaway from this is to maybe take this time, wherever you're at in your life, to just kind of maybe dabble in the classics a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And to take a little bit of the kind of ephemeral, just kind of fleeting scrolling that happens on social media away Mm -hmm. and give a little bit more contemplation uh, into your day, Mm -hmm. whether that looks like listening to classic music, classical music, which is so easy to get now. I mean, you can get music on Spotify or even Pandora or something Mm -hmm. like that, YouTube for free. Mm -hmm. Um, You can even get a playlist of that. But Mm -hmm. listening to that music that has that order and that harmony that really resonates in your heart and brings you to a place of peace. Um, or when things open back up again making the opportunity to actually go to one of these art museums mm-hmm. um, and i think you'll be surprised a lot of friends they say "Oh, that would be so boring mm-hmm. and then as you see the sort of the variety uh, it's so exciting to see these different works of art mm-hmm. um
1: and that and that classical expression can be found in poetry it can be found in as you see music and art it can also
0: be found in the great pieces of literature that surround us absolutely well. yeah mm-hmm. i and i'll i'll say this too what help me become more kind of enthralled with beauty, especially in literature. I'm glad you mentioned that. When I was in college, one of the monks at Conception, he he loved teaching literature. And he said, literature is the narrative account of the human search for meaning. Mm -hmm. And I love that because really all art, whatever medium it is, is the whatever account of the human search for meaning. And if we're searching for kind of meaning and purpose in our life, and we encounter someone else's search, it opens us even more up to just contemplating, you know, what am I made for? Sure. What well is said. God calling me to? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well said. So I think it'd just be great to take, take an opportunity to just look for ways to invite a little bit more contemplation through beauty into your life.
1: Well, we're going to have to keep unpacking that. This is a great introduction to beauty. But where we can find it uh, in greater specificity, yeah. and even maybe bring that into prayer life, right? Or even some practical tips into bringing that into the life of the parish, mm-hmm. we can keep exploring that more deeply in our in our future episodes. That's exactly right. Yeah, wonderful.
0: Right. Well. Everybody, thanks for tuning in and try to find something beautiful and keep tuning in you know, really just a beautiful podcast, Outcast Catholic. Um, I mean, really, we just, yeah, oh, thank you so much. Yeah, we're just, we're going to be here coming to you from the diocese of Sioux City and uh, look forward to, to working uh, with you, Father Shane. And uh, yeah, it's going to be a good. beautiful reality. Wow, what it is a beautiful reality. Shout out to Father Jim Mason for that great, great line. Yeah, beautiful reality. As he's reigning gloriously
1: at Kenrick Cemetery. That's right. <laughs> keep up the good work, Father Mason. That's right. Father Travis, thanks for your uh, insights today. Look forward to our next discussion. Sounds good. God bless everybody.
0: Thanks for tuning in. Send your questions and comments to outcastcatholic at gmail.com. Catch you next time, and God bless.